SBC Media. Welcome to iGaming Daily, analysing the news from the betting and gaming industry all over the globe, supported by the Casino Beat Summit, bringing you the future of play, iGaming strategy, innovation and development. Be a part of the future of play at the Casino Beat Summit this May. See new game releases, take in our innovation-focused conference agenda and network with the casino industry elite. Get your tickets now at sbcevents.com. We are returning to Brazil on Friday's episode of the iGaming Daily podcast, where it's finally happened. The country has experienced some movement on its provisional measures for sports betting in the country. And with all things Brazil, I am joined by SBC's experts in the field who I'll let them introduce themselves. Lucia, do you want to just say who you are? Sure, I'm Lucia Mourinho. I'm head of B2B Media Latam. Mm-hmm. And Isadora? Um, Isadora Marcanti, and I'm a business journalist. Perfect. And for the listeners, this is how on the ground we are. Isadora is based in Sao Paulo at the moment. And if you hear any traffic, it's those busy Brazilian streets, which we just can't get rid of. So we apologize for the traffic noise if you hear it, but hopefully... Isidora will come through clean as a whistle. It's um, all the people trying to get the provisional measure out. <laughs> it's, it's brought Brazil into a panic. Everyone's in a frenzy at the moment. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a the traffic. Um, so, perfect. So, later on in the show as well, we'll we will be hearing from Martin Elliott, uh, who I caught up with yesterday while he was attending the Gaming in Spain conference in Madrid. So, listeners, keep tuned in for that later on in the show. But first up, Lou, I'm going to go straight to you here first, and let's get straight into it. Yes. Can you just provide us with the latest updates from Brazil? Yes. So, the government finally published something about sports betting. They released a press release on their website, and they said that they're finalizing the details around the sports betting bill. And I was talking to someone at SBC Summit North America last week when I received the provisional measure, like the official document from Isadora. And I'm pretty sure that my face experienced five different emotions in less than 10 <laughs> seconds because the other person was like, hey, are you okay? And I kind of explained that I had received what I have received. And they said, so what's changed now? And well, this is the closest that Brazil has come to having a regulated sports betting market. Um, just the fact that the government published a press release where it said that it has regulated the industry is a major step, even if the text um, clarified that they're finalizing the details. And let me highlight two things. The first one is that this is a very comprehensive document and Brazil is taking its sweet time, but this looks like it's been worked on, like not rush at all. And the second one, um, I've heard from many people that the real interest is about eye gaming, not just sports betting. But these comments also come from many European people who may not realize that these things take time in Latin America countries, especially Brazil, since um, the culture is completely different. And just to share some details about what this provisional measure includes, it confirms all the details that we previously shared here on the podcast and across all the different SBC sites. There's a 16% tax on GTR for operators after prices. And players will be subject to different taxes on their prices, 
if they exceed the 2,112 reais mark. Um, the, then football teams will see a 1.63% 1, 1. of the net revenues, and there will be a 1% tax that will go towards the Ministry of Sport. Like I said, it's exactly what we're expecting. Well, and I would say that, that there was a, like a major change in the um, in the provisional measure that now there's a, an authorization fee that will be based on the value of prizes offered. So the government deems the authorization fee as necessary to control and regulate all forms of licensing gambling in Brazil, betting and lotteries, not casinos. So and no compliant companies face are facing like stringent penalties including a ban on operations for up to two years and uh, and fines up to 100% of the value of the prices. So Fernando Dadi, our Ministry of Finance, will oversee these regulations so the operators can adhere to the rules to, of course, provide a safer and more transparent betting environment here in Brazil. But this authorization fee, it's something that it's new now in this provisional measure. Also, there, there's no cap on the number of licenses, and that's really yeah. important now because everyone is asking, like, how many licenses will Brazil have? Is it really that attractive? And yes, like, there's no cap on the number of licenses. But I as don't think they have a limit of it. No, no, there's not. But as initially mentioned, though, in the bill that was approved back in February 2022 by the Chamber of Deputies, the number of licenses per state will depend on the population of each state, with some exceptions, of course, mainly because of... Um, tourism. Perfect. So compare this to other Latin American markets. Um, how di how different is how how different are these Brazilian measures to other markets in Latin America, or how similar are they? This is much much more serious than other bills that I've seen in Latin America. Mm -hmm. um, everyone complains about how long Brazil is taking, but if we look, for example, Peru. They approved something last year and they're still trying to approve it like for real and um getting getting in the industry. Like, yeah, they approved some things about online gaming and it's still happening at the same time, but it's not enforced yet. Um then if we look at the province of Buenos Aires, it approved something the last day of the year in 2021, I think, if I'm not wrong. Um and it took a long time for them to actually start the industry. Um, it seems like all the complaints go towards Brazil because they're taking their time. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. They are taking their sweet time to get this done. But when sometimes, you look it's, at, sometimes it's better to take your time and get it right. Exactly. When, when you look at all the, all the estimates and what people expect from this market, you can rush things. Like mm -hmm. you need to get everything in order and then launch the industry. Like, yes, of course, we all know that the industry is already working as it is everywhere. You just need the regulation to be able to see the benefits and to be able to provide a safe environment for players and for operators as well. Um, but it's completely different. It's, it's such a big market that yeah. even if the rules are similar, I think it's still completely different. You cannot expect the same things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the listeners listening to this podcast, um, <laughs> awful way of explaining that for the audience listening to the podcast. There we go. Um, you can find out more about this 
um, report of the provisional measures that Lucia received last week at SBC Summit North America at sbcnotacs.com forward slash BR. I believe I'm correct in saying that one. Yes. Um, but and there's, there's a lot of detail in these measures. There's, there's loads. But Isadora, can you just summarize this in three parts for us? Oh, wow. So, okay. Um, well, the authorization fee is something very new and it will something that will be based on the value of the prices offered, like I mentioned before. So it's a percentage on, actually not a percentage, it's uh, the term, it's a fixed amount, depending on how much money you gave away to the, to the, to the, to the players actually who were like betting on your side. And the... Um, Redistribution of taxes and fees collected from sports betting changes slightly a bit, actually. So 18, 13% will be for covering the maintenance costs of lotteries. 43.79% is going to be for the, the payment of prizes and income tax. 0.5% for the National Health Fund and another 0.5% for the Ministry of Tourism. And the measure also establishes that 22% of revenues will be allocated to football clubs and leagues in exchange for the use of their names, brands, and image rights. And football clubs are set to receive 1.5 um, or 63%, Lucia, I'm not... 1.63, right? 63, yeah, yeah. 1.63. Yeah, for the broadcasting rights and sales income of Lotex, which is our instant lottery operator here. And DGR maintains the same, like Lucia said, 16%. And the 30% that will be charged on the top of players' winnings will, will be up to 200, 2,000, sorry, uh, 112 BRL because it's the exemption limit of the um, tax <laughs> um, declaration that we have to do here. So we have this this limit, which is 2,112 BRL, and it will be the same for the exemption for the players to pay the 30%. So these are the basic ones. I mean, like they're doing, of course, uh, they're trying to create uh, regulations regarding ads, regarding sponsorships, regarding responsible gambling, because they understand the importance of protecting players and industry from especially match fixing that we have been seeing here in Brazil quite a lot in the last couple of months. So they're still, they're still trying to understand how they're going to prevent these things to happen. Yeah. And you mentioned match fix, uh, you mentioned match fiction. I can't even say that. <laughs> you mentioned Max, Max. I can't still say it. What is going match on? Match fixing, James. Match fixing. There we go. <laughs> oh, that one, I, I don't, that's not even a tongue twister and I couldn't even get it right. So match fixing in Brazil. You've mentioned it then and it was also mentioned in a previous podcast. Um, yep. Again, the audience, listeners can go check that out in our playlist on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and so forth. And instead of slowing down, it kind of, it looks like there's new articles every day about this, that definitely Isidore, you'll be, you're reporting on, on SPC Not CS Brazil, but with these new measures in place, or provisional measures, sorry, 
who will be responsible to protect sports once these rules come into force? Well, during our SBC Noticias interview with Mansoor, we published, if I'm not mistaken, like two weeks ago mm -hmm. or three, um, he mentioned that they are preparing like a task force group to fight against match fixing to protect players and the industry. Um, but we also know that the uh, Responsible Gambling Institute created here in Brazil uh, with like alongside some operators that are in uh, they're operating in Brazil. They, um, so the, this institute just partnered up with, uh, IBA and I believe that the government will do something like that in the future. We're not aware of how exactly they're going to, to manage this, to, to run this thing, but they are, they're implementing stricter safeguards to deter result manipulation and corruption in sports betting events. So what we know is that any suspicion of sports fixing or related fraud will be examined and penalized and will be taken into consideration various factors like the severity, the duration, the financial gain from the offense, the impact on the, the negative impact on the sport. All of this will be taken into consideration to to penalize the, the person or the people involved. But we need to wait and see who will be part of this task force group or which companies they're with what companies they're going to, to partner up and when this will take place. Mm -hmm. um, going back to the question that you asked before, like what's the difference between Brazil and other Latin countries? Um, one thing that, that caught my attention here is that operators will have some kind of responsibility and sure, like self, self-regulation in LATAM and everywhere, it, it's a thing, but, um, as the provisional measure says, they will have to focus on self-regulation, like it's written on, on the paper, which includes how they promote their products. And this also applies to sports teams and athletes as the different sport entities will have to modify their codes or regulations and include provisions to establish that players are banned from participating in betting or even mentioning these companies. And I wanted to read an extract from the bill which says, um, sporting events in which bets are being made need to be subject to actions to mitigate the manipulation of results and corruption. And this is specifically for operators, which also need to be part of a national or international association um, around sports integrity, such as IBAA, like Isadora mentioned. Um, and this past weekend, um, it was announced that the Brazilian Institute of Responsible Gaming partnered with them. Um, that's also focusing on, on Brazil. Um, and now the Ministry of Sport and the Ministry of Finance will also be involved. They will study all the potential match-fixing match issues to guarantee integrity. But also if there's any suspicion, then, then these actions will be investigated through a process to pretty much study the seriousness of the offense how much it hurt the sport and how much money people obtained from it and how much that person needed the money. That's also yeah. a big difference when it comes to Brazil and other Latin countries. So really there's no clear picture here of how much the fines will be, as it seems that it will be studied on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. And just to round up this, this latest update from Brazil mm -hmm. and before we hear from Martin Elliott, um, Will Brazil have a specific regulator for the sports betting industry or 
will this be shared between different official entities? Well, like the provisional measure determined that the government uh, will create a special secretariat responsible for approving betting accreditations and monitoring the Brazilian market, the betting market. So um, I, like, like Monsur mentioned in our interview and during the event I was at in Brasilia regarding the integrity in sports betting, the, the Brazil, Brazil's National Sports Council will scrutinize these roles. So, mm -hmm. and of course, the potential with the potential approval from the Ministry of Sports. So, um, mm -hmm. they are expecting to, to be something federal from what we could understand at the event in Brasilia, but probably they will have like a strict relationship with operators to ensure safer gambling responsibilities, such as promoting information about the risks associated with gambling addiction and the protection of minors, such as the, the damage of match fixing. So we are not sure, and Lucia, correct if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. uh, if we're going to have a specific regulator for the sporting betting industry, but I believe that they will have like the federal law and then they will have like the federal government will take place. Uh, will will be in charge of that, but I also believe that they will probably partner up with dif dif different official entities in the future, like the Minister of Sports and um, the Minister of Fi uh, the Minister of Finance and some other ministries that we have here in Brazil. Um, yeah, that there will be a shared responsibility between different entities. Um, that being said. The finance ministry is pretty much the highest authority when it comes to sports betting and online sports betting, as it will be the one in charge of um, giving the licenses and monitoring the market as well. Uh, and the special secretary of federal income of the finance ministry, I had to read that, <laughs> will calculate and collect all the revenues on a monthly basis, by the way. And I wanted to mention something about um, a question that James made before. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that it's a natural step to modify the existing laws to accommodate this new one. So, for example, it changes the one from 2018. Uh, mm. and it doesn't mean that it's a good or bad thing. It just means that Brazil is doing something about the industry. To summarize it, in total, it changes one decree law, one provisional measure, and two laws, while it also approves sports betting in states, municipalities, and at a federal level. And it also revokes one law. Uh, it, as I said, this was expected, but it's important that, to still mention it because it means that something is finally happening. Yeah, especially because this provisional measure allows, uh, it's just like to regulate the market, but allows the creation of assistance laws to, to determine which, like how departments in the betting industry will work. So we'll have like a assistive, assistive laws for the the ads for the sponsorships for the responsible gambling for the documents that the the companies the operators need to give to the government to be able to operate here in Brazil so the provisional measure doesn't establish every single rule because it's not meant for that it's just to regulate the sports betting market so assistance assistance laws can be created to regulate the other parts of the market Perfect. And for the listeners, again, you can find out more about Brazil's 
latest provisional measure updates are sbcnotasearscom forward slash BR. As I mentioned earlier on in my introduction, we are now going to be moving over to a conversation that I had with Martin Elliott, who is attending the well, who attended, sorry, the Gaming in Spain conference in Madrid yesterday. And this is what he had to say about his experience. Martin, thank you for joining us today. As listeners can probably tell, Martin is in quite a busy area. So just for the listeners, Martin, can you just explain where you are actually at this moment in time? Uh, I'm at the uh, Gaming in Spain conference in Madrid, uh, which is a... Not sure how you, how you describe it, a sort of boutique conference. There's probably about 200 people here, uh, nice mix of people from regulators, operators, uh, some suppliers as well. Uh, largely, it's about discussing, uh, well, the theme is moving forward in a highly regulated market. Um, so it's largely focused on regulatory developments, what's coming next in player safety. So, um we're sort of halfway through the day now, and it's uh, it's been very interesting so far. Perfect. And it is, it's just a one-day event, correct? It is, yeah. Yeah, perfect. And you say you're halfway through the day. Has there been anything this morning that would be of interest to our listeners that you've attended? I think so, yeah. I think so. <laughs> We've had um, some interesting speakers. Uh, Mikel Arana, who's the Director General of the DGOJ, I think. I think that's right, mm-hmm. the regulator. Mm-hmm. Has, spoke, uh, has spoken and he was followed immediately by a guy called George Hinojosa, who's di- Director General of uh, Jade Digital, the Trade Association for Online Gambling Operators in Spain. And uh, fair to say, they didn't agree about everything. Um, <laughs> who does? Who does? Who does? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't expect a lobbyist to agree with a regulator necessarily, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's some, some, some big divisions. So the, the two main topics I've looked at this morning, um, first is the, uh, the Royal Decree on Advertising, which is already in place. Um, just, just for the listeners out there who don't know what that is, can you just explain what the Royal Decree is on advertising? Yeah, essentially it has restricted... Advert- gambling advertising to the point where it's, to all intents and purposes, banned. Okay. They've stopped short of an outright ban, but in practical terms, it's very difficult to uh, to advertise here now. Okay. Um, so, the uh, Mikel Arana from the regulator, he's, he said, you know, he thought this was working quite well. His data showed that... Um, it hasn't really hurt the industry and so on, but uh, Jay Digital had a, a very different view on that. They said it had been quite damaging for the industry. Their research shows that. Uh, and that was backed actually by a guy called Peter Marcus, who's the Group Operations Director for Maintain. His figures seem to show that, um, or he said that Entain's figures show that it had been uh, damaging uh, to growth in the market. And that was actually backed by um, one of the consultancies there, H3 Gambling Capital, who were able to show uh, that a graph of uh, growth in regulated markets across Europe in the past few years. And uh, 
Spain was lagging well behind. Uh, Spain and Sweden, in fact, were lagging well behind. And the reason for that, they thought, was because they're the two who'd really imposed stricter uh, regulation in 2019 to 2021. Um, and the way they didn't just argue about figures, that would be pointless because they're using different data sets, obviously. Um, but Peter Marcus, he posed an interesting question, which said, Regulators talked a lot about uh, they want operators to rely less on uh, revenue from what they call intensive players. In other other markets, you might call them high rollers or tipping over its problem gambling. But he asked, how can they do that uh, and broaden the sort of recreational player base if they're not allowed to advertise? Uh, to which there appeared no coherent answer. So there's a fundamental dichotomy there between uh, the two aims. One is to restrict advertising and the other to, you know, remove that reliance on uh, a small number of players to generate revenue. Mm. So that was a, a, an interesting point which nobody could answer. Um, and I think there's also a guy who's called uh, Juan Espinosa, who's the former director general of the DG, DGOJ, and he very much seemed to agree with the point that uh, Entain were making that, um, you know, the risks dry the advertising ban uh, risks being counterproductive uh, in that uh, because of that sort of dichotomy of uh, what they're trying to achieve. Uh, so that, that was interesting. Uh, and the second major topic was uh, planned regulations to improve player safety. Now here there was a bit, there was a bit more uh, agreement. Uh, the regulator actually pointed out that many of the operators uh, in the market have already implemented much higher standards than the uh, than new, new legislation would require them to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, J.D. Sal points out Spain actually has the second best record in Europe after Denmark on player safety uh, in terms of having a, uh, sorry, in the EU rather than Europe as a whole, um, in terms of having quite low problem gambling rates. Um, and they made it clear that operators are committed to the fight. Now, the regulator is experimenting with something which I think uh, regulators in other markets would also would also like to experiment with, which is uh, the plan to implement a cross-operator deposit limit. Now, initially, this will be on a voluntary basis. Uh, players can sign up to this and say, as an absolute maximum, I want to deposit whatever five hundred euros a month across all my gambling accounts. Um, now, that information apparently won't be shared with the operators uh, in terms of what the, the upper limit is, the total limit is. Uh, only the regulator and the individual player will know what it is. Now, I think in terms of the ambition, this is a really good idea because there's no real point to um, asking everyone to set a deposit limit up on each individual operator if they've got five accounts and nobody knows. None of the operators know what the other uh, 
what the other limits are, so no one has a view on the total spend. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it seems to me there are some real practical difficulties in, in implementing this system. Uh, does the technology exist to do it? Um, how how can they manage sort of data protection and compliance with data protection regulations around it? Uh, when they come to, um, the regulators pointed out, they need to update an existing royal decree in order to bring this in. Uh, how can they can they effectively word it into law so it's a practical proposition for the industry? And uh, one point the former regulator, the former DG of the regulator said was he's not convinced that the that the government will dedicate sufficient resources to the size of the technical project that this would take. Um, so the road ahead is uh, a lot of pitfalls before this can come into, uh, a lot of potential pitfalls before this can come into being and actually op- uh, players can start benefiting from it. Uh, but I think, you know, it's probably going to be my main takeaway from uh, this morning's conference sessions. Be fascinating to see how this plays out, because if they can make it work, I think we'll see this brought in 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 more countries going forward. Mm. Yeah, and you know, you use the perfect word there. You know, it, it sounds fascinating, and it would be it'd be interesting to get you back on the podcast after you come back from Madrid and speak to Lucia Mourinho, the head of B two B Latam. At SPC, she writes for SPC not to see her. So it'd be good to kind of both of you to talk over a bit more and just go into a bit more depth than the time allows us now. Um, just before we wrap up, what's the rest of your plans for today? A few more conference panels or are we going to enjoy the, the sunshine of Madrid? It might be quite gloomy though after yesterday's Champions League result. Uh, no, it's not gloomy. I've, uh, oh. I'm a little bit sunburned actually. <laughs> And uh, that was just from walking from the uh, the station to my hotel. So yeah, gloomy it isn't. Um, but I, no, I, there's some uh, some interesting stuff around sort of player safety and compliance on the uh, on the agenda for this afternoon. Which uh, uh, with some, it's it's not the usual suspects on the conference circuit as well. So some new faces and interesting uh, interesting hearing from. Perfect. Well, Martin, thank you for just taking time out to talk to us about the Gaming in Spain conference. Um, I'll let you go now. Make sure you put some after sun on that burn, though. Keep yourself protected. All right. Thanks, James. Thank you. Bye. And that was Martin Elliott in Madrid. I hope he's applied that sunburn um, because I don't want him coming back looking like a red lobster. So that's the end of this podcast. Isadora, Lou, thank you for joining me today to talk about Brazil. I'm looking forward to even more updates, which no doubt will come in in the coming weeks. Say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners out there, thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of iGaming Daily, brought to you in conjunction with the Casino Beat Summit being held at the Intercontinental Malta on the 23rd to the 25th of May. If you want to find out more about some of the subjects raised today, feel free to explore any of the sites in the SBC News Network or check out the latest edition of the SBC Leaders magazine. Happy reading.